Hey, everybody, it's another edition. This is the Preferred Lines podcast, broadcasting live each and every Monday evening with uh, my friend over there. That is Joe Idoni. He's at Tour Picks on Twitter. And like you could do, you can like this, subscribe to this, get those notifications from YouTube to know that when we go live, you will be there with us to chat along. And you can do that on the side. You can chat. And we also have brought on a guest, Travis Fulton. A real person hey. with, hey. uh, you know, here to give stuff away. Before we get to you, Travis, thank you for joining us. We have to get to the jock market. It is probably my favorite thing on my phone at this point. I love it. Uh, did pretty decent last week. I saw you were up there too, Joe, for a second. Um, and then you were bragging a little bit about having some Trangali shares. Yeah, the Tringali shares on Jock Market go a lot further than the Tringali outright tickets lately. Um, because mm-hmm. if he finishes third, you still get paid. Uh, <laughs> so it worked out. Sam Burns was the big winner last week. Chad, you and I both, 80 to 1. Congrats, buddy. Cheers to that. Travis, did you have any Sam Burns last week? No, I didn't have Sam, but I, uh, you know, I know all about him. That's for sure. But I didn't. In your I, heart. I In your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, you know. I had Sam Burns on Jock Market. You can have these guys on Jock Market that don't end up winning, that don't end up doing the best ever, and you still make money. So that's kind of fun. So try that out. And we do have the promo code Joe PL10. Allows you 10 bucks off your first deposit. We'll pump your account with 10 more dollars. So do that. All right. Absolutely. Enough of that. Let's get to our guest tonight. It is Travis Fulton. You can see uh, the big TF if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, we're going to have him now. What is up with you, Travis? You've got Billy Horschel this week? Are you kidding me? I'm so jealous. What yeah. Did you talk Stripe, to? Yeah, Stripe Show podcast, Billy Horschel coming up on uh, on Wednesday, which will be uh, a lot of fun. Um, of course, he's uh, a champion this year and um, has a lot of thoughts on a lot of things, so it'll be fun to, to catch up with him on Wednesday. And then Dr. Brett McCabe, actually on Thursday, who's his uh, sports psychologist, and also is the sports psychologist to Sam Burns. So very fitting to have him on, on Thursday. Nice. Well, great. Very awesome. Cool. So y- now t- give us a little background of who you are, but the people that are watching or listening to this probably are familiar with you. Uh, you instruct golf and you have, is it an app? Well, I have, um, so yeah, my trade is, is teaching, you know, I've been in the instruction coaching business for 20 years and, uh, and then I, I moved into the media side about seven years ago. I worked for golf channel for about four years. And then after that, I just said, you know what, I'm going to do it on my own. Started Travis Fulton golf on the social sites and, um, off we've went now for the better part of, of two and a half years. So instruction's my trade, but I love the fantasy golf space. I love golf gambling. So I've kind of uh, ventured into that as well with a couple different shows. So it's been a good balance and fun for me because I like talking golf, but I like talking the gambling side as well. So it's uh, it's fun to um, to break the tournaments down every week. Cool. Well, we do the front nine segment. If we have a guest on, we'll try to keep you for about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. We're uh, going to go through a bunch of questions before we get to the betting board for the Wells Fargo Championship. We're going to talk to you quickly about your uh, instructional stuff and just about you a little bit. So here we go. Joe, you want to start us off with the questions? Yeah, I got a question for you, Travis. So the past year, right? Been a little weird scenario, I'm sure, for you uh, in the teaching and instruction business. How has that like affected 
uh, been with you? Have you gone to a lot more of these virtual lessons and stuff like that? Tell, tell us what that, that's been like. You know, golf is, is, has really taken off. You know, it was yeah. kind of the one thing that you could do for the most part across the country outside. Of course I live in Florida. So, um, our governor kind of kept things open here and moving, um, golf of course we had, um, a lot of restrictions and things in place that uh, you needed to do, but it kept going and people have played in record rounds, uh, as far as the number of golf people who are in the sport now and actively playing, but then people who used to be in the sport now coming back to it, you know, so there's been an influx of that as well with newer players. So it's, I tell you, golf, you know, from a recreational standpoint has benefited to some degree. And, you know, if there's a silver lining to COVID, um, it's certainly that. Now, the PGA Tour um, and losing money to fans is certainly hemorrhaging some money. They need to get the fans back and get that consistent. But as far as people enjoying the game, eyeballs on the game, I think we're, we're seeing an uptick here. And as far as instruction, I mean, we were, I was kind of out, out in front with, with some other teachers with the Skillist app and, you know, ready to take on this virtual training, you know, and having online training programs, which we're giving away here where people can kind of do it at their pace and do it at home. And, you know, and they don't, they don't have enough time to go to the course. So there's uh, there's been certainly an uptick in virtual lessons, online lessons. And, um, but just overall, I just think that the sport is, is really in a great spot right now is uh, hopefully we, we start to get back to, to some normalcy. Absolutely. So um, if you are not following us on Twitter, you should do that at preferred lines. And if you want to right now, you can get a chance to win access to Travis's system. This it's like a hundred dollars, you know, we'll just round up. It's about a hundred dollar giveaway. We're doing two of them. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the pot, <clears throat> you need to retweet what you're watching right now. And then Joe's going to write your name down or we're going to figure out how to draw and make it fair. But at the end, tell us what we're giving away exactly. Well, it's um, so there's 84 videos in total. What's interesting. 84. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. So what's interesting is these are online training programs and there's four in particularly that do really well. People love them. And one of them is called the total driving program. It's 10 videos. You do it in order. So it's like taking an online course, basically. Um, you know, I want you to start here and then finish here. So, uh, the people love the driving program. They love iron. They love the iron game program. And then the one that's probably the most, um, popular is a program called operation baby draw, which oh, is learning how <laughs> to hit a little draw. That's you the mean number you don't just one turn your training program close the club right now. Smash it? Yeah. That's the number one training program. It might be the number one training online training program in the country right now, just from a 10 video standpoint, start here in here. So people like that. And then of course the short game one is the other. So they, you know, learning all the different short game shots. So it's cool. There's, there's a lot of other supporting videos, things you can do at home, drills, best practices, 84 videos, do it at your pace and, you know, consume it how you want. And you kind of start here in here, you come out, you're, driving it better, iron plays better, short games better. Um, and then, of course, from there, the ones that really want to take it serious, then they want to send me videos and they want to do an online, you know, more individual session, which which makes sense after you do those videos, those training programs. So you do those additionally? Yeah, that's a that's kind of the, the second piece of it is 
those that, you know, they do, they do the training programs. They're like, you know, gosh, now I want him to take a look at this. And, okay. you know, so they film themselves, you know, from face on and target line and they send those in through the video, through the app. And then I can give them more specific things to do and then reference back to the videos that way. So it's, uh, it's effective. I've got hundreds of people doing it across the country and, and uh, world really. I've got, you know, people in Asia send me stuff and, Europe and I mean it's 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 crazy the you know the reach I mean the internet is worldwide baby so there's a reason Travis is because everybody (laughs) wants to get better at golf because that's right hard and as a 10 or 12 handicap now I'm definitely going to download it I'm going to go through the the 80 videos hell yeah that's going to take me a while but I'll do it but to get better at golf this summer but if you wanted to give one piece of advice to a 10 or 12 or 14 handicap guy that's coming out shooting 95s on a regular getting into the 80s every once in a while What's the one piece of advice? Well, that's tough. I mean, you know, I think number one, I think you got to tilt, you got to get your head behind the ball. Number one, get a little side bend to the right. And then I think learning to turn your trail hip, your right hip, like turn your right hip kind of back behind you in the backswing and, and and lose some flexion in your trail knee. You know, so many people don't, they don't turn their hip. They're turning their shoulders. They don't turn their hips. You got to turn your right hip. If you're a right-handed player. And then, you know, at the end of the day, this wrist, this lead wrist, you got to flex it at some point. You know, so that's flexed or bowed, that's extended, or cupped. At some point, you got to get that thing like that. So most players in the modern game, you look at like Victor Hovland and you look at DJ and you look at Morikawa and JT and like they, you know, that's where they are at the top. They're pretty flat. They keep it flexed and then they just turn and hit it. You don't see very natural. much of that that's in the like- modern game. Stuart Sink. He's kind of he's kind of sticking it to us right now because he's got a lot of extension in his lead wrist, and then he swivels it at the bottom. <laughs> you don't teach <laughs> that. You got to be you got to be really gifted, like a sink, like a Mickelson. That's kind of their era of how they used to hit it. So anyway, turn your right hip, flex your 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 lead wrist, let it go, baby, just like DJ. Boom. These these are the things that you see that we don't see. I've never looked at Stuart Sink's wrist before, but listen. Uh, when we're trying to predict this stuff, right, Travis, it's hard, man. So you oh. you can kind of see things, I think, with your eyes and watching these guys swing from week to week. But what sort of stats or trends are you looking for when you're trying to isolate, okay, I think this makes a good pick this week? Well, you know, I've learned a lot from you guys. I've watched um, your guys' stuff. You know, I've always liked the fantasy space. And I would say I'm fairly – new to it in comparison to, you know, your guys's experience. I certainly bring that golf background from instruction and coaching, knowing all the coaches, knowing some of the players, the caddies familiar with the courses. My time at golf channel certainly helped me with some of that, but I think from a, of a, a statistical analysis and, and really trying to formulate what's important and what isn't, um, when you're looking at it from a raw statistics standpoint and how that might vary from course to course, right? Some courses, what's really interesting to me is through this journey is how low strokes game around the green and the value of that when you look historically um, at some of these courses. For example, we're going to play um, Quail Hollow and you look at it in, in the course breakdown at Fantasy National, which I know you guys use some, mm-hmm. and you see the value of that and where that is in comparison to a strokes gain approach, a strokes gain putting, a strokes gain off the tee, 
um, at least in my eyes, it's down there as number four, you know, mm-hmm. of, of importance as you start looking down the kind of player that you're looking at. Now, you can't be a dog, of course, around the green. But if you were to bring that conversation up inside the studio at Golf Channel, you start talking about that with former players, like, oh, man, short game is is important. You know, like, it's you got to have a short game to play the tour. No one's denying that, <laughs> right? You got to have a short game. Yeah. But when you look at it, the best players in the world, I mean, short game approach dominates, right? You have to have a ball striker. You got to win in the approach game. And, and of course, the distance we know plays into that. I think this week in how distance can be um, certainly, um, it, it can be kind of pushed down a little bit at, at certain courses, but then others, of course, it has a bigger advantage. I think like this week, it has a bigger advantage. Like no one's hitting these fairways. <laughs> so just go ahead and take your driver and let it out like you are at the U.S. Open, right? It kind of has that, to, at least in my eyes, that similar feel. So I think, it's, I think it's interesting to see the distance and where it might weigh in more than others. We know it's important. We know that it has value every week, but certain weeks it's pushed down because it forces a DJ's hand to lay up. So I think that's really interesting. And for me to look at that and weigh that out, um, and then of course, strokes gained putting and just seeing the trends of the players who do well in Bermuda versus bent and POA and how those splits work, you know, and because, you know, you look at a Sam Burns, it's, it's no secret to why Sam Burns, you know, has putted so well on Bermuda in particularly really fast Bermuda, like we saw last week. And we're going to see again this week. So I'm always looking at some of those things. There's others. Um, you know, I love the opportunities gain statistic, um, in the fantasy national and kind of weighing that out, but just kind of, you know, for me, I think this year and even towards the end of last, I'm probably a full year into this and just kind of setting my model based off of some of these statistics and then going back and saying, gosh, did I get it right? Or did I get it wrong? And where were the misses? as I kind of go through what I feel like is my rookie season, but makes no mistake. Strokes can approach, man. And you better be able to you better be able to win there because if you can't, you're gonna have a hard time um, keeping your card on the PGA tour. True. Now let's go past the strokes gain stuff. Then and you can maybe speak to this for uh, human beings that you work with and that that are just amateur normal people. And maybe this applies to pros as well. There are guys that are currently outside the top 60 in the world that are playing this week. They're motivated to get inside of that top 60 in the world and get the invitation to the PGA Championship in a couple of weeks. Do you believe, Travis, in motivation beyond the stats on paper? Can a guy just want it more? Does somebody show up to you and you can tell that this dude is coachable and this dude wants to (laughs) grind where this guy has the natural talent, but this guy's not grinding and he doesn't care? Can you see uh this in real life? Oh yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, I mean, Rory comes to mind, you, you know, I mean like Rory can coast right. and finish top 20, you know, we know that. <laughs> like he can be uninterested and finish top 20. Um, DJ looks uninterested a lot. You know, I think there's, these guys are humans, you know, and you know, I think we, we know what their strengths and weaknesses are for the most part in what courses are going to apply. But then I think, I think there is that motivation side and the human aspect of it. John Rahm's going through it right now. Wait till, you know, he starts losing sleep from his kid, you know, for one straight week or two straight weeks. You know, there's, those are the things that the kid hasn't gotten teeth yet. (laughs) Teething. Holy crap. Those are the things that, that start to happen and factor in the other thing that's interesting 
in kind of bringing this to the table is just seeing the improvement of players and, and it, when it starts and being so close to some of these teachers, for example, you know, I think Max home is a better player now than he was in 2019 when he won here. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he, his improvement since the U S open since working with Mark Blackburn is incredible. And you could kind of see it starting. Charlie Hoffman's another one who I think is playing some of the best golf he's ever played. You know, he's 10 yards longer. His approach game is better. His putting's a little bit better. So you can start seeing like some of these, when these, these coaches move around different teachers and they get good matchups, you can start to see some of the trends starting to happen and maybe get out in front of that a little bit with a Hoffman, um, with a Max Homa who is playing some great golf. And, and, and a Cam Smith is another one who I think is, is playing some of the best. I think he's playing the best golf that he's ever played right now. So I think there is some factors that, that you have to take into consideration that you can maybe get out in front of a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's just hard to, it's just hard to measure. Is this dude interested right now or not? For example, Patrick Cantley, what the hell is going on with him right now? Mm-hmm. Something's in his head. I think we, uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Maybe some, some strokes gain home life is a little bit <laughs> off for, for Patrick Cantley right now, but, um, something's up. I want to yeah. ask you about some other guys at the top of the board this week, Travis, specifically, I want to ask you about Justin Thomas because uh, when I was on your show a couple weeks ago, we we had spoken about uh, Colin Morikawa, and mm-hmm. he was in, in in there was something going on with him on the greens, and like the putting wasn't there. But we've seen him; he's like you mentioned before, he's such a good approach player, he's such a good iron player that when he can putt like level with the field, he can win. Yeah. Um, JT coming off one of the worst putting performances he can remember. Are these guys just able to sort of shake that and just show up the next week and say different greens, different course, it's out of my head or does stuff like that you think linger a little bit with these guys? I think it does linger with some. I don't think it lingers with JT though. I really don't. Okay. I think JT's just been, JT is no question the streakiest putter amongst the best players. There's no question. No doubt. It. Um, and it's funny because you go back to the coaching realm here. He worked with a guy by the name of Matt Killen for a long time, switched with to a guy by the name of John Graham. And the full, the, the main point was to try to understand what was different between positive five and negative six. <laughs> and I had John on my podcast and we actually talked about it on the Stripe Show podcast. And it was pretty interesting. Some of the things that he was getting into, I don't think they've, quite whittled that down yet after watching him last week. I don't think it really weighs on JT. I do think it's weighing a little bit on Colin. It just feels like the floor the the, you know, when, when Colin struggles, it just feels different. You know, it, it looks very forced and it, I don't want to say it's yippish, but it's, you know, it, it just looks very, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to make the putt at all. Where JT, it looks like it's full commit. He hits it, and it's like, I can't hit my ass right now. I'm just having a bad, you know, a bad tournament. So um, I think it does affect some more than others. Like, I think there's more of a lingering effect with Rory. Um, when we see some of his struggles, I think there's a lingering effect with with a female, you know, although I think he's putting better overall. Um, I don't think there's a lingering effect with like a Patrick Reed, for example, I think he's able to to brush it off. DJ, we've seen him struggle. I think he's able to brush it off. I mean, DJ will just switch putters mid round yeah. if he could. Um, <laughs> so, 
you know, I think everybody's a little different in the net effect, but JT, my goodness. I mean, the hole can look like this big or there's no hole at all. I mean, it's amazing the the wide range you see from sawgrass mm-hmm. to what we saw last week. What about our guy? Like you just said, Finau, he switched his putter. He's got some different grip or whatever. You might know better than I know about that kind of thing. I just use the same grip I've been using since I was 10 years old. Yeah. Same time. Finau and Xander are up at the top of the board here, but can we bet them to win? Are they due to win? So therefore, maybe it's time. I, I'm going to pass on both of those guys. Finau to win just my goodness, like that doesn't even, it just seems like a foreign language anymore, you know? I mean, just oh, yeah. saying that. I, you know, I'm worried about Fino. I had Damon Hack, you mentioned on the pod on Monday, and he said, we we picked two guys on who you worried about into the summer, and he said Fino. He said, you know, I, I just think this is going to have to start to have a little bit of an effect on it. Like, you know, he, he should have won Phoenix. He should have yeah. won the Genesis. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, he, he's not stepping should have won the team and, play thing with Champ. I mean, should have won that. He's he's not stepping up and hitting the shots in situational golf like he needs to. He should have two or three wins. I think it's gonna it's gonna weigh on him, especially with all these talented players. I would pass. You know, Xander. You know, at least here he hasn't shown a lot of form on this golf course. T seventy two. Yeah. Two thousand eighteen. He was third at the Masters. He looked good there. I just still have a lot of questions for Xander. You know, it's. You start seeing like every part of your game kind of whittling down a little bit. You're like, God, what's going on there? You know, he's kind of struggling. It's not just one particular part of his game. It, it seemed to be a little bit of everything there, but he did play well at the Masters. I am going to wait on him um, and probably, you know, lean a little bit more towards like a Bryson in this higher range who who has the firepower and a John Rom, who I think is my favorite in the top. Just I think John now, I think John's do. You use the word do. I think John's the one that's oh, sure. Here. John's probably do too. Shit. A little chilly putter, and I think is is starting to show some signs. Fifth at the Masters, ninth at the Players. I, I like John Rom at this venue. Uh, he was fourth when he played back in 2017. So why not? Well, we know Rom is a night nurse. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like waking up. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Rom doesn't really strike. <laughs> Actually, he might the be. night nurse kind of guy. Yeah. So actually, now maybe we don't want Rom because he's like, no, I'm full on giving every bottle, doing it all. I'm John Rom. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I don't know. Joe, what do you think? I don't know about the night nurse. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll have we'll have to wait and see how he plays this week. But he's due, man. I think I was listening to Rick the other day, and he's like sixty some percent of his his starts on the PGA tour, he's top 10, which is unbelievable <laughs> yeah. to even think of um, how he just seamlessly ends up even at the masters, just inside the top 10 with ease. What about, you know, we've kind of seen Travis, we like to bet kind of the middle of the board, right? Like 30 to let's say 60 to one. We've kind of found is a little bit of a sweet spot. Um, Joaquin Neiman's in there. Will Zalatoris, a couple of guys I like who, who kind of sticks out in that range to you this week? I think Neiman's trending. You know, I really do. I, I, I like Neiman. I think um, I would like to see him get a little bit more out of his hot putter there. I think he's, you know, I think he's really hmm. had some good putting rounds, really good putting rounds, positive five and a half at Valspar. He finished eighth. Hmm. Um, you know, he, he needs to get that driver back. And, and I feel like, I feel like Neiman drives the ball 
like we saw early in the year. What was it? Sony. He finished second at Sony, finished mm -hmm. second at Tournament of Champions, too. Um, mm. And I had the win. I had a win ticket him on at Sony, and and uh, Kevin Na got him, right? Yeah, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Na. Na got him. So he needs to drive the ball like that. He drives the ball like that, positive 5.6. I think Neiman's there. Well, he is long, Travis, and he like is. I, and it's in like I was watching him play with with JT and DJ last week, and he was pounding it past them mm -hmm. on a couple of he holes is. with driver, which is surprising. Like when I see his swing in like the the spine angles and the flexibility, like do you see a, an issue there potentially with <laughs> sustainability, or is that just a young <laughs> yeah. kid who's just freewheeling and just going after the thing? You, you, well, what you see is a young kid, yes. Yeah. Um, but you see at some point he's going to have to get rid of a little bit of that as he gets older. The amount okay. of you know, kind of drop and spine, kind of dropping down and to the right. I, I think in time he'll have to. Probably get a little stronger and get rid of a little bit of that um, from a lasting effect. But he is long. I mean, he can bust it and yeah. and he can get his driver going. And I and I just I'm just really encouraged. I think by the rest of the game that if he can just kind of be a little bit more like he usually is off the tee, why not? I think this could be this could be a decent spot for him. You know, I, I keep my eyes keep going back to Brian Harmon, who's won here. Um, mm -hmm you know, in that middle range. And I think Brian Harmon is Brian Harmon just kind of seems like he's really at peace playing some really consistent, good golf. You, you know, he, he likes it here. He, when he won here, he was probably like positive two, three across the board and all the major stats. Um, yeah. you know, the way he's hitting it, uh, 13th at the RBC 12th at the masters. He was an absolute bulldog in the, in the match play. He's playing good. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he just, he, he's really, he just seems like he's really in charge of what's happening right now with his game. I, I mentioned Dr. Brett McCain. He also works with Brian Harmon. Mm. And um, I just feel like Brian Harmon right now knows that his, that he's good enough. Like he doesn't have to do anything different. You know, he may need just to have a couple things fall his way. Perhaps he needs to to have that positive six putting week, positive seven putting week, like we've seen here from Max Homa, who when he won, it was like positive nine and a half or something just ridiculous, right? Yeah. I think it was the best putting week he's ever had. Like you kind yeah. of feel like Harmon's just kind of that kind of week away, you know, like it's all there. If he can just get a little bit more mojo, I think, with the putter, which hasn't been bad. He just needs to make a few more. So, you know, my eyes kind of go there and I'm kind of a sucker for Grio. You know, I was on him last week. He let me down. Shoots five under on Thursday and then looks like he's never played golf in his life on the back nine on Friday. Plays why is that? <laughs> why, why do golfers just lose it, Travis? Is this a real thing that like, <laughs> you know, how the hell is this happening? I, I don't know. Like that one absolutely baffled me last week. This I sounded like the smartest guy in the world with Grio on Thursday. And then I sound like I've never even watched him play golf before on Friday. I mean, it's like, he just, he just, I mean, he played the par fives three over on the bat. It's like, what, like what? Yeah. He just lost <laughs> his know, like what just happened there? Um, um, we you the said, I wanted to ask you quick. This came into my head. Now you just mentioned Neiman's back and it's his weird swing. There's a couple other guys that we're fans of. This is like a pro Matt Wolf podcast. And he's got that little, mm, mm. Yeah. Do you think that's going away ever, or is he no. going to do this until he's forty-five? No, that that's his swing. It always has been. 
he's a young kid. He um, he's always had that. Well, he's never he he started that preset when he started working with George Gankis, but right. um, like sixteen as, or whatever. As yeah. far as that really interesting vertical swing going back and then that big drop, he's always yeah. done that. Always. So that's yeah. just the Jim Furyk guy forever. <laughs> well, you know the difference. The difference between Furyk and and Wolf is, you know, Furyk like gets his lead. Furyk picks his lead arm straight up. Like it is. First off, Furyk stands closer to the ball than anybody in the history of the game. Right. I watch Furyk hit a lot because where Crazy. I teach here is where he's a member, and he'll come back and post up right next to me. Okay. It's called, <laughs> you're, like, you're too close. Guy. It's called pop. The course is called Pablo Creek. It's here in Jacksonville. Yeah. And he'll, this, here, I'll tell you a story. Okay. He, he literally will come up and start hitting and like, he'll be you know, two or three spots down or just right there. He's right there. It's Jim Furyk, right? Super nice guy. Super nice guy. And my members, you know, they're hitting their, you know, you can tell they're aware. And then Farrick will turn and their short game is behind and there's flags all over the place. And like every 15 minutes, you'll hear the flock that you'll hear the ball just bang against the flag. Boom. <laughs> you know, just, That's awesome. I mean, like 70 yards hits the flag like every 15 minutes. It's the it's like, God, this is like intimidating, you know, oh, man, this guy I'm is so good. It's what, what about Sung Jay? His slow. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, is that thing that an amateur should I try doing that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, you know, I mean, it's like a deliberate, you know, a deliberate can be helpful for some if you're very quick. Um, but that's pretty that? exaggerated. That's pretty. Sanjay's very exaggerated in, in mm -hmm. far as the pacing. On purpose? Tempo. Like he just, that helps him somehow? You know, I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of the Asian descent players are very deliberate. You know, you okay. watch like MB Park and. For sure. Um, you know, they're just very deliberate. People. They just do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it kind of gets slower and slower in time going back. So I think you see that more from them. But you know, I'm you know, on Sunjay, I told Skylar today, I said, I said, I'm I'll never play Sunjay again. I don't care if he's ten thousand or four thousand. <laughs> Shit. Why? <laughs> because we love him. I know. I I do too, but I'm just like, I can't get on the right side of him as late. The dude is like crazy golf like i mean he's yeah. he's he's nuts like what right. he does out there on the golf course and 8800 i passed on him it was a joke okay. I, said, I just can't get on the right oh side i hear you i know what you're saying but <laughs> you got to put him on the never playlist like, you can <laughs> there's always got to be people. one right i mean you got there's, there's got to be a little emotion involved to some degree gotta yes. be <laughs> it's gotta be fun it's yeah. gotta be fun at the end of the day well listen uh we kept you a little longer than we thought we appreciate your time yeah. travis um i've got like probably like 30 names here in a hat. I wrote down everyone who's retweeted today. Any of the tweets? Um, should we pick a couple people for let's the lessons? It. Yeah. Gossip. Old, school, yeah, let's give old school hat pull here. Love it. Drum roll. <laughs> All right. We have at Jeremy Hartle. Jeremy Hartle. Can't see my chicken scratch. Jeremy Hartle. We'll we'll make sure we we dial yeah. all this in for you, Travis. Now we'll get you all uh, I do info. a podcast with Fantasy Golf Pod. It's with a friend of mine named Eric Martins, and I was giving him shit on the internet earlier today. I was tweeting about how he's <laughs> yeah, left-handed, and that's a shame. But he, he's like, I gotta retweet this thing. I gotta retweet this thing. I'm like, you should be retweeting our stuff every week, jerk. Instead, Travis Fulton gets the only week he tunes in. <laughs> All right, I got my other name here. Okay. It is Matt 
James Kane. He's a big supporter okay. of us. He helps us out a lot. Matt, you got yourself the lessons package. Uh, Jeremy, you got yourself that as well. We'll make sure we get your guys' info over to Travis. Travis, thank, thank you so you. much for joining us. Best of luck this week, man. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. It was a ton of fun. Guys. Love watching it. And uh, thanks for having me on. Keep keep the uh, – we got some, you got all this money in the pot from Burns, so you guys got money to spend here this week. That's Let's right. We'll, we'll, you have to stay tuned. We're about to get to the betting board and figure out where we're going to spend it. Travis, you can all follow right. him at Twitter at Travis Fulton. He's got a big Instagram following too. You can find him on there doing uh, giveaways, uh, you know, for golf and it's great. We're get so thankful better. for you. So thank you for coming on and just giving money to our listeners. You bet. Lacing them. Happy to do it. Hopefully Thanks, they guys. get better at golf using your lessons. So Appreciate Travis, We'll 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 definitely look for that Billy Horschel uh, podcast. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be a good one. Yeah, yeah he'll for be, sure. He's the man, and, McCabe, and he's such a good interview to too. McCabe, he's like, yeah, he's a thoughtful McCabe guy. Thursdays, like one of the smartest dudes in the game. All right, so we'll find that podcast. That uh, plug it again. Uh, Stripe Show podcast. Stripe Show podcast on your regular podcast platforms. Go find that. Stripe Show. Go find it. It's on iHeart. It's on Apple. And uh, you watch actually the video version. There's on the video version now on, on my YouTube channel too. So you can check those out. Boom. If you're on YouTube, you can find him there. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you later. Have, hey, come on anytime. Okay. For real. All right. I'll see Wait. you next week. <laughs> Same time, bud. You see won't ya. want to. All right. See you, Travis. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Peace out, Travis. That's Travis Fulton. This is now we're getting to the betting board. Sorry we took a while, but that was fun. I mean, he got, he brought some, some good content. Yeah, man, he's he's plugged in up there. He knows all these guys' coaches, so it was good to get um, the first person we've had on here who's really like into the instruction side. Like we all look at things, we're like looking into these stats, and he's looking at like wrist angles and slow mo. So he's like, it's just a different approach, which is what we oh, usually yeah, try to bring when we have guests good. on that front nine segment. We try to you know get people in all different realms to uh, see if it floats your boat. Okay, Joe. Let's I've talk. been waiting. You know, I, I was cracks, respectful. But... I was respectful to Travis. I just had a Coors Light while Travis was on, and I'm gonna go with my heavier beer. This is an IPA. It's a Surly Brewing Company IPA, Furious to be exact. It is a delicious beer. It is now time to pop open the betting board, Joe. And at the tippity tip top, there's a pair of guys. Whoops. This is showing the screen on YouTube. Uh, it is Justin Thomas and it is John Rahm. They're at nine or 10 to one, depending on the book you're looking at. We're looking at this sports book brought to you by DraftKings.com. If you have a sports book that you want us to look at and sponsor and show it while we do the podcast, hit us up. But we're doing this one for fun because it's green. It matches our colors. Buy a yes. t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> um, anyway, Justin Thomas or John Rahm or even Bryson. Any interest at the three at the top, the three amigos? You know, I think they're all pretty fair prices this week. Um, you could make a case for any of them. JT, just incredible ball striking week. Couldn't putt. Coming back to a place he likes, it seems like it could be like an autoplay JT week, and he's 11 but to 1. So to one. if you're like that, oh, he's 9 to 1 there. Okay, I'm looking at 11. But, uh, but like, I see Rom at 11 also. So same. Go ahead. Dude, I don't want to do 9 to 1. I know Justin Thomas probably will win, and this will be the week that burns us all, and we don't like these weeks because we prefer to make a little bit more money off of our five bucks than you gotta put five yeah forty five dollars fuck that yeah i just think it's a fair price if they're both 11 to one you know they're usually both under that 
in a major field. So I think that if you, there's cases to be made for either one of them, no, I, I went the next spot I up. I took Bryson at 16 to one. Okay. Yep. That was my first, uh, my really only bet inside of 30 thus far um, that I took. I just looked at everything. I saw your tweet earlier today. I saw everyone else's articles touting driving distance matters. Um, I saw some comps to Wingfoot here where uh, even like Travis said, mentioned nobody's hitting the fairway, right? It's not necessarily important here. It's how far that you can pound it down there. You've got the closing three-hole stretch, the green mile. So I think that all of his advantages are in play here. Played pretty well here last time around. He he did not have a good Sunday and ended up two off the lead. I believe he lost by two. So decent course history as well. I think it's a good week to get back on Bryson. Look, it, it seems like he might not be playing well, but four starts ago, he won at Bay Hill. Three starts ago, he was like second at the players. So right there man he just had a bad masters week so i'm i'm all fine with getting back on bryson at 16 to 1 which is a bigger number that we see him in in these type of fields okay i think you do need to go to the top of the board i think you want to build your card around the best names and i'm going to start my card with xander hmm interesting okay give me a xander take this week okay so the thing is joe i really did think that xander would would have a win by now i thought yeah. It'd be the, you know, right a couple weeks into the season, and we're we're checking the Xander's already won. That box is checked. He's an elite player, top five in the world, yada, yada. That hadn't ha- that didn't happen. I, I, I was nervous that it was going to happen. I think it was the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Award. I don't know which mm-hmm. tournament it was, mm-hmm. the, but he was close, and I was like, shit. This is, I knew it, and I was mad. But then he didn't end up coming through. So I feel like out of the Masters is a new, it's a new set. You know, it's a new okay. season-ish kind of feel to me. So I feel like he's approaching it the same way where I feel like he came, he was going to come out of the break of 2021, you know, into the season and just come out, out the gates firing. I'm thinking that's going to be this week. That's the case for this time because he's angry. I think he's pissed. One of the best golfers of all, like on tour easily has the game to compete at Quail Hollow. Someone that again, 18 to one, kind of betting a little bit of the number here. Uh, I just feel like he's kind of on the same level as the other guys. I mean, yes, of course, they're ranked in there for a reason, JT, Rom, Bryson, Sander. But at the same time, if I can get the money I can get off of the 18 to 1, I like that a little bit. So I'm going to go with that. Feels fair. Yeah, it does feel like a fair number. I do, I, I actually feel like he kind of should be in the 20s, to be honest with you. Um, well, he I'm should because like, he's Xander and he never wins. Hello. Two points less for Bryson to me is worth paying up. Look, you, I've looked a little bit more like short term here because a lot of it, when you look at the stats and you build your models, you know, you have the Masters where you're not going to have strokes gain stats. You have, you know, some, some the Zurich. So that you're really pulling, if you go like 36 rounds out, really old form. At this point, uh, you don't have stats from the match play either. But Xander, look off the tee, 67th ball striking 61st recently. Like that's terrible. Bryson's first in off the tee, third in ball striking. So it's two points less on the odds board, 16 to one versus 18. I think it's worth paying up for Bryson. Well, so I talked about this on the first look podcast I did. I've been preaching this for a long time that part of it is that the candle can only burn for so long and the candle burns the brightest only for a little bit before it goes out. So you Mm -hmm. have these moments where I feel like in the flow and the ebbs of the season, 
maybe Bryson had his moment and now he's dipping down and then Xander's okay. turn to go. So like, I'm just trying to time it. I mean, that's just kind of, just I know. Like, I'm like a, looking at a crystal ball. Like I, clearly, yes, the Bryson has the stats. The course fits a bomber that could bomb it around here. Bryson could run away with it. I wouldn't be shocked at all. But at the same time, I have the same gut instinct feeling about the Xander play because he's so close and do. I don't know. The talent level's there. There's no question about it. You have it. Sure. He's not the 61st or 67th player in the field. I get what you're saying. And you've got to state, you got to plant your flag. And if you've got a gut feeling, play it. Yeah. So I don't want to miss a Xander win. I don't want to do that. And I don't, and I'll feel tilted about it. So I don't care about Bryson wins, whatever. I don't really give a shit. But if Xander wins and I'm not on it, I'll be mad. Let's go to the 20s, though. Well, do we want to talk about Rory at all? I don't really need to talk about Rory, but. I can't bet him this week. I, I can, I'm not going to be upset if you do. Um, something's off and it's, it's the off the tee game has just been terrible. Frankly, um, Travis talked about it when I was on with him that, um, chasing distance was the worst thing he could have done. Um, and well, it's messed up the swing. Like when he, no, he has, like, you can see a noticeable, like he slow mode his swing like a year ago to now. And it's oh. totally forced in. Um, he's trying to get something more out of it. And it's what it's really messed up is not even so much the driver. It's messed up his iron play um, because parts of that, you know, trickle down into other parts of your game. He's just not playing good. But uh, if there was ever a get right spot for Rory, it would be going back to a place that he's had a ton of success in Quail Hollow right before he goes into a PGA championship at Kiowa where he's won before. So like this has got to be that spot in the calendar that he's had, you know, green lighted for a while and said, I got to get right here. These are my spots. These is where I'm going to get my wins. I just wish he was in better form. And I mean form with the driver because that's what's made him perform well here. The yeah. Because he's you saw the stat. I mean, it was like 300, 300 yard drives. I don't you know. He's a hundred yard, hundred more three hundred yard drives than anybody else on this course. So Rory loves to bomb it around here. But will he be just annoyed because he's not bombing it to where he wants to? Because driver sucks, right? Oh, maybe. So maybe you don't do Rory. You go to the twenties, and that's where I went. And I, like I said, I'm going with the top of the board for my car. I'm going to use Hovland. He's at twenty, whatever on this book. Um, and I like him. I mean, he's at twenty. You got Webb there. You got Tony Finau, and I'm also betting Tony Finau. I think he's due. So I'm using Xander, Hovland, and Finau. I'm going heavy at the top of the card. It's weird. In interest okay. in the 20s? I see what you're saying about Finau. Should be a great setup for him. I'm just not there with him. Um, Hovland the I same. I feel like and it's I calling kinda, a shot. I know, I know. It's weird. I know. You're calling your shot with Xander and Finau now. Well, get ready. It's, um, a, it's a theme this week, Joe. <laughs> in Hovland, it's kind of, to me, just... I don't know that he's ever really... Okay, so it seems like he's always there, like top fiving everything. But is he really there? I don't know how to really say that, but I just mean like like last week he was third and he made his run, but he was never like there was never a threat that he was right. winning that thing. It this was a two man race. And this is golfers what, do that. Rom does this. People yes. do this. Where okay, they're just, but, they're always no, but there. Rom wins. Rom wins like big time tournaments. Like well, Victor's won the Mayakoba in the Puerto Rico Open. Like, show me where he's really um shown up on a stage. And, and and he's so young, so I'm getting on him, and I have it's not really fair to him because he hasn't had enough starts. Um, but I just want to see him like I see his, his number is reflecting 
the amount of top fives he's getting in top tens because the books want to protect themselves in those markets. I don't feel like a 20 to one really encapsulates his, his win equity. And I think a lot of people, frankly, and I didn't bet any of these guys for the record yet, but I think a lot of people are kind of glossing over Webb this week. Uh, member here lives on the course. Like, I just feel like he's kind of being overlooked when you're looking at Hovland and Finau right there with him. Like Webb's win equity is much higher. Sure. It was in the past. So it I'm was. only looking at the fact that Hovland's his, his like bad weeks are fucking amazing. So like, yeah, I, and that's kind of where it will take one time where he clicks it all together and Hovland is winning by four and where everyone's like, no, sh- no shit. He's good. Whatever. He's 10th of the world. And so that's probably I feel what like, happened. Yeah, so, and then I feel like with Webb, I, I, you know, did he peak? Did it come last summer? And it's all downhill from there. So I'm, I personally, I don't want that to be the case with Webb. I feel like I thought that the, it, the players, boom, let's go, Webb. Here you go. Boom, bad, terrible. So then, okay, fine. Rust, sure. shitty, whatever, I don't care. Masters, let's go. Not great. So then, where have you been, Webb? Let's go. Let's see you doing the things that you had been doing with the putter that got you to the 10th player in the world. So I don't know. I'm not on web. I'd rather do again. I'm just trying to get Tony fee. Now when he is on a bomber narrative course, putter's not necessarily the best or the needs to be the best. I, so maybe he can do it. I don't know. It's well time to do it. So then let's go with these guys on my card that are due to win. And Joe, there's another name and it might be in the thirties on your book, but it is a 35 to one. Okay, but we'll start. Okay, let's just go through the names of the 30s. Cantlay, 30. 30 for Cantlay. <laughs> Is this the dip? Anyway, 30 for Reed, too. Zalatoris, 30. Corey Connors, 33. You got Answer, 35. Neiman, 35. Tringali, 35. And that's another name. I was able to find it at a higher number, but I'm doing that, too. You can only win your first time one time. And how fun would it be if I can bet it? And I know it's 35 to one. And I know that there's a reason why it's 35 to one. Which you is- have got a card full of top five studs this week who never win. Let's get one of them. Come through <laughs> for me. Let's do it. I'm excited about it. So I'm going with, I, I definitely did Neiman too. So I'm pushing okay. to the top of the board, but I'm going with the guys that hashtag motivation week. Charlie R. Now, we're going with motivation to get it, to put it on your Wikipedia page, to do that tally. Boom. <laughs> get it. Done. And, I, dude, why not? Tringali here now sort of picked up driver distance in the last couple of years on tour. For sure. Tringali's a nice guy. He loves Jesus and helping volunteer and stuff. So, I'm in. Let's go. Losers. Could be yeah, winners. A lot of losers. What I'll say here, and the biggest thing that sticks out to me, and I don't have that 30 available, but Patrick Cantlay sticks out there. Like <laughs> so Cantlay and, and Xander should be tied together, like on the odds board every week. So if they should really <laughs> split the difference between the two of them and they should both be like 24 to 25 to one, just blanket that every week. Xander is too high. Cantlay is way too low this week to be all the way down there. But, um, you know, Patrick said he had a, a or Travis said he had a nasty breakup and that fucked him up for the masters. So who knows? I'm not going to bet him, but I took Neiman at 33 uh, was my bet. I think that he's playing in such great form right now. I love that he's picked up driving distance, like seventh or eighth on tour right now in distance. Um, PGA tout who I see here is in the chat. I read his article this morning 
He's on my man Zalatoris. I'm on him too. Um, top 15, you need to be in driving distance to has proven to to really compete here. Will Z, um, 33 to one. Got it in early. I'm all over that. Neiman, I actually got it 42. So those are my two plays kind of in the middle. I feel good about both of them. You know what's going to happen, dude, is Zalatoris is going to win. And Finau, Tringali, they're going to be like, so second third four yeah, no but they're gonna be like they're gonna see him in the locker room like congratulations <laughs> you guy i was like yeah. your how do you do it i know Either way, uh no you know i'll let i, I hope zalatoris has to go through the pain and suffering that fina has had to go through and that uh tringali's had to go through but either way we can go to the 40s. We're going a little long. I'm sorry this is going long, but do you have any interest in Homa or Im? Nope, nope. Uh, Homa, yeah, well, I do, me. but just not at that number. Um, I just right. th- he's starting to get to the point where it's it's too low to bet for me. But playing great. Don't have any interest in Sungjae right now. Um, Travis mentioned Brian Harmon, which was interesting. I kind of totally glossed right over him, forgetting that he had a win here, but. Um, 121st in driving distance, I don't think is enough to over. That's a that's something big for him to overcome this week. He's going to have to really put the daylights out of it. I don't think he has it. So um, I really have not a lot of interest in this entire sort of uh, middle of the board. What about you? Okay. I mean, I like Bubba for the distance factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one guy I looked at. I looked at a little bit of Bubba. Um, you know, I thought about Matt Wallace down there even just because mm. he's been so phenomenal, like off the tee and tee to green very recently. And I think this place um, would set up to lend itself very kindly to a player like him. What about like what about Stewart, man? Like that's a crazy number for him. But I don't know. Like I, I just wonder, like he's playing so well. He rates out so good in everything. Tee to green, ball strike. And he's top 30 in driving distance on the PGA Tour. And now he's like fucking 47. Like, well, I don't <laughs> know. He like two what, wins this season. He does. Like he's <laughs> like, I don't know. Like we're, we're, we're he's down there at 75 to one. I don't know. I feel like he could he could make a decent uh top 10 bet, but no, um, yeah, do that. Top 10 on Stuart Sink. Stuart Sink is better than you think, is what I like to say. Because no one thinks he's good. <laughs> but at the same time. I'm not going to do any of these names. Come on. No, I do don't. I'd rather take, I got two long shots that I'd rather take that I think are, are have just the, you know, as reasonable a chance as any of these guys. And I think it's like you said, I'm going to probably pick one or two more. And I think it's a top of the board week. I really do. Right. Yeah. I think JT or Bryson or somebody, even Rom spoils it. And then we're all like, oh, cool. Great. What a waste of time. Right. But I still think that that if you were going to try to do one of these 60 to one names and maybe you don't like Bubba or Brian Harmon, you could do Jason Day. That is a risk maybe worth willing to take because he has one here. And Jason Day shows up and he's the best golfer of all time or he withdraws. So we don't know what we get. And at 60, that's fair. I know. He's just no longer... And actually, like the the irons and the driver have been pretty good. And even the short game, he's no longer making anything on the greens. Like he just doesn't make birdies anymore. Like I, I've bet him a couple of times and watched him. And it's very frustrating because it seems like he has a lot of like 13 feet for birdie and just is not coming through with those opportunities. So, Which is uh, basically right. how he made all his money on tour. Exactly how he made all his money was, was drilling 
10 to 25 foot putts like when he needed them and he hasn't been able to do it. So, but like you said, if there was a get right spot for him, place where he's won before, place where he's won recently, this may be his most recent win. I'm not sure, but 2018 was it? I want to well, say, I don't know if he's API. won since I think then. He won API, didn't he? Okay. I don't know. I can't remember. Either way, I do know that Ricky Fowler is 80 to one on a course that he enjoys. Is this the okay. get right spot for Fowler? Can he no. be the one that has used to ride the 15 footer? Does he, is he going to, how has his putting been? Okay. So I don't know. I did not, I actually did not factor in putting at all this week, but I can pull yeah. it up here. But um, I just I assume that, that his like, ball striking that sucks. His par four scoring sucks. His approach mm-hmm. from um, 175 yards and beyond, which a lot of the approach shots come from this week, is just about dead last in the entire field. Um, and his putting, and he's losing an average of 1.3 strokes putting over his last 10 tournaments, which is well, there you go. insane for Ricky Fowler. So it's so all been is, bad. No way you can bet him. No, This way. is a true test of course history on Ricky Fowler. If Ricky Fowler shows up and he's good, because I do a tweet each Monday morning using mm-hmm. Fantasy Nationals stats and stuff like that on course history, and he shows up as one of the best guys over the last five years. Five, minus one, minus two, because there's – Two years. So maybe all those stats are coming from like seven years ago when he was a good Ricky Fowler. I don't know. Either way, you got Ricky Fowler. He's at 70, he's 80 somewhere. And now here at the sports book, you got Harris English, Lucas Glover, Harold Varner, Matt Jones, Carlos Ortiz. Who are your names that you bet as long shots? Because I got a couple names. Okay, I got two guys in triple digits this week. The first is Harold Varner the third. Okay. So, well, he's 90 here. Where'd you find him at? 100 to 1 on uh, Bovada. Yeah. Got it. Um, nice. okay. Anyways, he's second at the Heritage. Um, okay. This is his region. This is his home. Uh, he mm-hmm. lives in Charlotte. This is his home course. Uh, I don't know about his course history here, but I just feel like confidence coming in 100 to 1. Big number. Do I expect him to win? No. So I'm in a top 10, top 20. The other guy, and I see Corey alluded to it here. You, Damn right, Corey. It's Cam Davis time. Back what? on a bomb. Back on a bombers track. Back at 150 to one. Um, I can ignore all the stats and just know that he's that number on a bombers course. I'm taking Cam Davis. Yeah, Damn. I'm in. Those are my okay, two. That's all, right. all I got. No, that's kind of fun because we like to take names that you like to take. And Joe, you didn't mention a guy that's also from North Carolina, Doctor Redmond. Oh, I know. I can't do it. But I but, but somebody was telling put me a that dollar he was on that? driving chat it. style. Okay, I can maybe do a chat style. But he was dollar? telling me that Doc drove it great last week. Um, he was. I there. don't know about that, but yeah, he he was there. He made the cut, and I don't really know much else to say about him. But yeah, maybe uh, did he maybe he win? Maybe win Doc. I I don't. I think he's like a top 20 bet. Like, Max, yeah, you can think probably get like top 20, seven plus 750 plus 800 on a top 20, maybe. Uh, I think that's the spot for him. I just don't think that he has to have everything clicking to win an event like this, as do the other guys that I mentioned. So, if you feel like taking him, take him. I'm just not on it right now. Um, we did talk with Mike Miller at Smart Golf Bets at the beginning of when we started this podcast in his. Yeah. He definitely touts recent form. So he'll just look at the leaderboards over the last couple of weeks. He doesn't care about stats because the freaking result bakes in. There's 
performance and statistics is what he said. Mm -hmm. And he may look at now, last week, Vaughn Taylor emerged. Could this be the beginning of the summer of Vaughn? Vaughn Taylor. <laughs> Could he do it? I don't think so, dude. But I saw that Jack Barker tweeted out that he was the big winner at ROI last week, which was fun. But but he um, likes it here. I, I just think he's way too short. I think you got to so what you do is you go back to Vaughn Taylor on Jack Market. Okay. See, these are types of guys that you can get for like two, three dollars on Jack Market that, yeah, have upside. Am I going to take an outright on him to win? No. But if you take him for two to three bucks on Jack Market and he finishes, say, 46th, uh, you like double your money. So mm -hmm. these are great. That's why we love the app. That's why it's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's why. Uh, you can have fun with these guys that are long shots a little bit more on there. Let me tell you a story quick about my Sunday afternoon. The tournament's over, and I'm, you know, I had a good week. I had a few things that almost got good, or, you know, if Patrick Reed would have made the cut, maybe I would have made more money. But then, you know, I'm texting Martins, I'm texting him out, you know, and did okay, whatever. And he's like, How'd you do on Jock Market? And I was like, Holy shit, I totally forgot to look at the Jock Market, what my results were. I mean, I was paying attention, but I didn't see, like, oh, now that the you know they pay out or whatever, there's no fee yeah. involved, and they pay you money. And I was like, "Oh damn, dude! I did my best work on the jack market out of everything I did." So, boom. Um, How many shares of Burns did you have? Ten. Sweet. Bingo, bango, bango. Two hundred fifty so bucks. Go. You don't even need these winners. You can pick the Finos. You can pick the Xanders. You can pick the Tringales on the jack market, and you can still come away with money. And that's probably what I'll do Wednesday night as the IPO closes. I'm gonna be in the room with Joe and Rick talking, chatting along. Power hour. Do it yeah. then. It's fun yep. time actually. So, it is. There you go. We did it under an hour. Do we need to talk to you about, you know, we had a few people in here chatting with some questions. Now there was one. Jesse, sure, let's answer a couple of questions and get Jesse out of says, hey, Joe, are you building models? Do you, do you build a custom model on Fantasy National? Yeah. I used to do this religiously, but I, I kind of don't do it anymore. I do every week for sure. Uh, Jesse, I have, you're asking how many stats do I plug in? It changes. Um, okay. This week, one, two, three. I have my model up right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight things. So I weight okay. them anywhere from uh, 20 to 7%. I go down this week. I put much more of an emphasis than I typically do on recent. So I'm going like last eight, last 12 rounds just because I okay. feel like that it, it encapsulates like the last six to eight weeks for a lot of these guys. Like, Sure. Rory, for instance, we haven't seen him since the Masters. And then before then, like, in the, we don't even have stats from the Masters. So you're going back to pre-Masters. Like, when did he play in Florida? I don't even know. Like, he didn't play Honda. He didn't play Bay Hill, did he? He might have played Bay Hill. But oh, then you're going all the way back. So let's say he did play Bay Hill. You're going all the way back to then for, like, your last four mm -hmm. rounds for Rory. So, like, I don't want to look way deeper than I normally did this week. That's just what I went with. But yeah, six to eight, I plug those in. I run a model, see what it spits out. I don't take it as religion, but I use it to break ties if I'm in between guys. I interviewed Moose, the man who created the website, fantasynational.com, and I talked to him about the same thing. And I said, how many of I, you know, I used to put like 16 in there. I used to do this and that. And it's like, it kind of like contradicts itself a little bit where you're like around the green and putting and like, or whatever you can kind of redundancy redundant mm -hmm. yourself. He will say, just play around with there and then spit play around, spit out the result. 
play around, spit out the results, and then just kind of like see who is always up the top. See, you know, wait the things, scan the things. And it's more of a fluid model than like 10%. 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%. Run. Yeah. This is the answers. Make lineups. No, just you spit it through. You know, it's kind of fun. Fiddle around, play with it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? All right. And then if you want to sign up for the jock market, use our promo code PL10. If you haven't done that, you are a fool because it's so much fun and I'm actually making money. It's way better than DraftKings. And do you ever put money on long shots as first round leader bets? I don't. I don't do first, I don't do round, first round leader bets. bets. No, I don't. First do round leader either. is like the straight up truest roulette of all roulette. Like, sorry. I feel. I don't know. I kind of have a little bit of a hot take on first round leaders. I feel like people just, I feel like it's more random. It's harder to predict one round. It's like single round matchups. Mm -hmm. I don't do either. Like if I I do a couple matchups, but it's a full tournament because I feel like um, if you're going to try to predict something, things are more likely to shake out the way they should over four rounds than one round. Anything can happen. And I kind of feel like people throw out a lot of first round leader bets to kind of like, up their card so it looks like they mm. hit a lot of winners but if you mm. throw eight outright bets and eight first round leader bets you're going to hit double the winners you know what i mean so it looks good on twitter it looks good on all these mm. things and I, I don't know i don't do it i find it too random for me i did win rose first round leader at the masters which is cool and that's the first time i've done first round leader in a long time now i did nice. listen to pat mayo pat mayo mentioned because matt pat mayo is a big first round leader guy like he yes. touts first round leaders he has said the market for first round leaders is getting smaller and worse for the better. So like yeah. the 80 number that he used to get is now 66. Well, they usually get chopped that. anyways too. There's yes. a lot of times like if you do have a 66 to one guy, you're chopped down to 33 to one. Like I'd rather sure. bet Joaquin Neiman to win at 33 to one this week than Keegan Bradley first round leader split. I don't know. Just me. If you're Just into me. first do round you action, you want the action of the first round. Buy them on the dark market and then just sell them right at the end of the day <laughs> on Thursday. Or do the first round showdown on DraftKings. I don't know. That's my suggestion. Either way, this cool. has been a long pod. Thank you for watching. If you like and subscribe and rate and review, that helps us. And we will play the music and get us out of here. Travis Fulton is the man. He gave away a couple of lessons. If you one DM Joe or I or the preferred lines account on Twitter, and we will get you hooked up somehow with that winning so congratulations. yeah I have, the, I have the names here i'll make sure to uh put you guys in touch with travis and make sure that uh wait, hey do I our have guy the brian yes, have he's on the podcast that i was on last week it's the fairways no yeah fairway to heaven heaven yeah fairway to heaven i think it's called either way brian's the man he was uh almost won big big dollars last what week. up brian Either way, thanks for watching. We'll be back next Monday. I'll be live Wednesday, and so will Joe. We're always making content. Or you can follow us on Twitter. He's at Tour Picks. I'm at Edina Realchi. And that's us doing this thing. Thank you for watching. Peace out. Peace. Mm-hmm.